0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 32 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. We are coming to you on June 22nd, 2011, a huge release day, which we're going to get to in just a couple minutes. But first, we got to talk about a little news article that came out. Now, last week, we talked about the announcement that Marvel was going to be ending Uncanny X-Men after the schism event this year. And, you know, there was some debate of whether or not it was just a marketing ploy or if it fit the story. And I was on the side of, if the story truly demands that they end Uncanny X-Men and leave the title gone for a significant period of time, I was okay with it. However, we did get information that it is nothing more than a marketing ploy. Uh, This past week, Marvel announced their X-Men Regenesis, I don't even want to call it event, a line, what have you, where the very month after they end Uncanny X-Men, they are relaunching Uncanny X-Men with a new issue one uh, alongside a new Wolverine and the X-Men to uh, play out the whole schism idea of how the X-Men have completely split into two different ideals and two different teams. And it just really bothers me that, that, that they have this big, press event about how they're ending a title and that the story is so important and yet they just turn right back around and go oh yeah we're, we're bringing it back so it, it was nothing more than a marketing ploy and that really pisses me off because they tried to play it off as really fitting the story
0: oh am i here i didn't get an intro i didn't know um, if i was actually part of the podcast or if i, I should I just be so quiet boring, but- until eventually you say oh by the way guess who's joining me <laughs> but no, no, you're Hi, right. Everybody. It is wrong. Is Roger. Yeah. In case you didn't know. Um, no, you're right. What's funny is that I'm looking at this and again, I, 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 I knew it, it, it was obvious that this was just going to be a marketing ploy as much as we would like to believe it can be something else. It's again, it's quite obvious. It's, it's just a marketing ploy. The, the thing that kills me though, is that they could have kept up with the uncanny line, changing up the team so that it remains with Scott and those staying back with Scott and starting up the Wolverine and X-Men as well in their own series. No, they wouldn't be numbered the same, but who cares? And no, it wouldn't be the same team and whatnot, but we've already seen the X-Men team change how many times in Uncanny that that wouldn't matter either. I mean when the Wolverine crew joined back way, way back in the day, they didn't start from scratch. It started at that number. And and somebody's going to tell me what that number is. Um, Isn't it like 76 or some damn thing? I believe it is exactly 76. Yes. So, ha ha! Bonus points. If that, that in fact, is what it is. Awesome. Um, But anyways, they could have kept the same numbering going on and then just split the teams from there. Again, by starting a new uh, starting from scratch again, rebooting it, it. It's quite obviously that they are doing this just for marketing they're seeing the big push that is going on with dc right now and they can say that this has been in the works for five years as much as they want that is the biggest load of crap i've heard in a long time it's not possible that it could have been going on for five years when as you've said they've had different writers working on it throughout all of that time and like i said too this is taking us for a special breed
1: of idiot if you think that i'm gonna buy this i'm not it's a marketing ploy You'll buy the variant cover. And I do have to uh, apologize for our our lack of comic nerd cred. It is issue 94 of Uncanny X-Men. Okay, forget it then. Issue 76 is something, though. It it was important. I'm sure it was very important. (laughs) In in, in some comic in history, (laughs) issue 76 was important.
0: There was some foreshadowing there that they were going to be changing the team. Uh, But what's funny is I found a site where somebody (laughs) did a petition to stop the rebooting of Uncanny X Men. <laughs> and it's already got six hundred and sixteen signatures.
1: Six one six, perfect. Awesome. No, sorry, six thirty three. Oh, no, they refresh the page. So there you go. Awesome stuff. So yeah, it's it's just all around pretty stupid and I, I'm confident it's still going to be a good comic. I just wish they hadn't gone through all the the stupid marketing gimmicks because, yeah, like you said, it's definitely not the first time the team has changed. If they relaunched the title every time they changed the team around, they'd be on like volume 18 by now.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of ways that they could have done this. I mean, it's not like I have a particular attachment to the numbering on an issue, so I don't care. I mean – it's, it, it doesn't matter to me if it's going to be issue one or issue, you know, 500, 600, whatever. You know what? Do whatever you want to do. It's your comics. But come out and say it. Just point blank say it. We're starting fresh. We want to try to entice as many new people as we can to start reading comic books again and blah, 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 all of the marketing crap. I'll respect you more than you mm-hmm. telling me that you've been planning this for five years. That's, that's not going to – I'm not buying it. Yeah.
1: So, we're going to come back to X-Men in a little bit after our rage subsides, uh, but we have something hugely important to talk about today, and that was very, mm, excuse me, and that was just today- Did your voice crack like a teenager? No, it just <laughs> I just lost track of the English language. <laughs> and that is today, Marvel released Ultimate Spider-Man 160. He's dead. The very famous- end of the death of spider-man arc and very rushly very rarely do i rush home yeah it's 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 one of those days very rarely do i rush home to read a comic book but this was absolutely one of them and before we proceed rogers or something you'd like to tell the audience
0: spoilers spoilers (laughs) <laughs> he's dead spoilers
1: <laughs> okay yeah, now actually marvel put out a press release yesterday pumping this one up which again as somebody said if the only press releases marvel puts out to the uh, major media is when they kill somebody that's all that people are going to think marvel does i mean there's plenty of other things worth writing you know worth spreading the news on other than killing off characters so that aside and then they got this huge backlash of people's freaking out. Oh my God, you spoiled the end. Yes, they spoiled the end of the story that was titled The Death of Spider-Man. So sorry. (laughs) But anyway, the issue was freaking awesome. The issue was fantastic.
0: The only, literally only downside of it was that it was too short, which is kind of funny because I've been thinking about it more in in, in preparing for this and thinking about how the story arc has been I don't want to say at times felt a little dragged out but it, it part of it was just because they the the marketing blitz came way too early. So that dragged it out. The actual story in and of itself did not drag out nearly as long while well, it was there was just a lot happening. But what's funny is that in this issue, I really, really, really wish they had actually gone with a giant size issue to give it the space that it deserved because it felt rushed. I mean, there was so much more that could be done, so much awesome stuff that could be done, uh, and it just wound up feeling a little bit rushed just because it was confined to so many pages.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the issue is basically a huge brawl between Spider-Man and the Green Goblin as arch nemesis, and every single panel of that fight was just freaking epic. Bagley destroyed this issue. He's had his pencils on fire drawing this thing, and... Yeah, I I would have loved to have seen it go even farther, but we can't complain about what we did get because it was really really good. I mean, Spider Man just completely unleashed, throwing freaking trucks around. I mean, this was just so awesome in every single panel. It was it was phenomenal.
0: This was really really awesome. Hats off, not just obviously for the um, for the art but the writing Bendis. Bendis' work writing in this one was really all balls out and fantastic. When Parker's hanging on that light post... (laughs) <laughs> and you say, just, just stay right here and practice. You're crazy. I'll be right back. <laughs> and there's little things throughout like that. I mean, he's dying, and yet he's still being Peter Parker. He's still yeah. being that smart ass. And there's still lines that you can you can still laugh at and you can appreciate what the the depth of what is going on here that's been ramping up for how long now? And yet it was still so well done. And then intertwined with that, you have the incredible drama with the 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 other characters that are in there as well. Yeah, it was and the, just the, a great issue.
1: The bit at the end when, you know, he's all happy when he saved the day. And you know, even though he's dying, he's happy that he sacrificed his life, you know, to protect his family. I mean, that was just so, so well done. I
0: Yeah. It was it was a little cliche, I will say, but a it's, little, but it, it, it was it the, was fitting. Yeah. The actual ending as well was very cliche. I won't spoil that, um, but it was very cliche. But I kept reminding myself, it's a freaking comic book. I mean, and not just that, but it's a superhero comic book. Don't be expecting a, a you know, a Joe the Barbarian type story here. That's all drama. Appreciate this for what it is, and I was able to. I really did. You know what's coming. You know. I mean, how it's going to impact on the 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 family that's there and the girlfriends and whatnot. And so the before you even see the scenes, you know that that's what it's going to be. The the in this case, Mary Jane holding his body and things like that. Um, That being said, still, again, it was well enough done. And had ramped up to that point so well with all the action that it, again, it worked. The only thing that I had a hard time with was the length. I, I really wish it would have been longer, but I'm not going to harp on that too long. But that's my only complaint. And that says a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said uh, on Twitter right after I read it, even though I knew how the issue was going to end, I still found the ending to be completely fantastic. Like There, there, there were points where I was like, wow. It settled in that, yeah, they are killing him. Like, okay, you know, it's not the Spider-Man, you know, it's the ultimate Spider-Man, but still, it it, it was just great. Uh, and we can sit here and just talk about how awesome it was for the rest of the night, but uh, just good issue all around.
0: Oh, yeah. And Mary Jane stealing a truck and running him
1: <laughs> over? That was all manner of
0: awesome. That was fantastic. I love that.
1: And it just wouldn't be a Spider-Man comic without him making fun of Norman's hair.
0: Yeah, well yeah (laughs) okay so
1: did you actually read the um the new ultimates the new avengers versus the the ultimates i have not looked at any other comics today i just made sure to grab that one
0: okay i actually read that one as well because we've been loving that one and i thought there'd be a little bit more of a tie-in with the um with the death of spider-man kind of thing and there actually wasn't it just followed the storyline that we've been seeing with those guys um so if anybody wants to pick it up thinking that there's going to be a a a big tie-in with the the spider-man story there is not not at all that being said it was still a really really good issue
1: yeah um bendis has uh been talking about a miniseries coming up uh in a month or two called ultimate fallout so that's maybe when we'll get the avengers really taking notice of what happened to pete yeah Okay, so now that we are all happy again, we're going to go back and talk about Uncanny X-Men because marketing gimmicks aside, the comic as it stands right now is still really freaking good. Um, We talked about issue 535 uh, several episodes back and how it was the start of Kieran Gillen as the sole writer of Uncanny X-Men. And it was the Breaking Point storyline where the Breakworlders from Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men had come to Earth uh, seeking asylum. And man, this was just a great storyline. We get uh, Power Lord Kroon, you know, getting on his knees in front of Colossus and declaring him the new Power Lord. You know, this character who's been all about strength, you know, trying to learn submission and humility, of of course, until his, you know, big plan is revealed and he tries to kill everyone. But (laughs) I just love. You know, the way they crafted the story, how Kroon revealed uh, the way that they brought Colossus back to life by sacrificing the lives of others. And in their culture, that is like the ultimate dishonor. You know, dying is a good thing for the culture. Being brought back from the dead, it's just, you know, completely unbelievable to them. So even though Colossus did destroy their, you know, planet, air quotes, because, you know, he destroyed their way of life. You know, he himself is nothing in their eyes. So I I love the way that they kept building up Kroon's character and how he just went on this crusade against the X-Men, you know, beating down Colossus with one arm, chasing Kitty across the island, you know, putting down Cyclops and Frost so that they they couldn't help her until Wolverine steps up. And, you know, Wolverine's just universally awesome. So the the build up to the, the final issue was freaking really good in the storyline, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it was really good. It's funny because, I mean, I got the impression once you get to the end of it that the only purpose of this entire story arc was just to get Kitty out of her astral form. That's <laughs> I, I,
1: I will agree with that, but at least they told a good story along the way. <laughs> that they did. That they did.
0: It, it was very, very well done. Um, I liked how... This one character was able to do so much damage to the X Men, and I mean, the X Men are supposed to be, again, this this unbelievably powerful team, and yet one guy is able to do so much damage from the inside. And and Took I like down that. Wolverine. I know, and it's it, it, some underhanded tactics, but you know, still. But, that you know, not everybody would call it underhanded tactics. It is mm-hmm. all's fair, with love and war. Uh, I I really liked it. I liked that the character was not just this brute that was relying on his strength, but that he planned. All of these steps. I really like that because we didn't get that from him in the Joss Sweden story. So here there was a lot more intelligence, a lot more planning. Like he'd been planning this the entire trip over. He'd been working on this. And and I really dug that. And it, it everything fit well together. And yeah, the fight with him and Wolverine... When Wolverine's out meditating and he comes <laughs> upon him, I thought, you know what? it was just this fantastic scene. It was well set up the the fight in and of itself was was a ton of fun. So yeah, and then from there, with everything that was going on with Kitty, I thought it was i I, I liked it. The only thing I wasn't as crazy about was that resolution to get her back into her form. i I wasn't as crazy about that. That, again, we're talking about cliches in comic books. Of course, you're going to have them. So it felt too cliched
1: uh the way you know the 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 whole storyline played out for me it it felt like it was a six issue storyline that they had to compress into four issues and you know gillen took over as writer and he's like i have this great idea here's what we're gonna do and they're like okay finish it by 538 because we got to do our fear itself tie-ins so it it feels like especially the last issue everything was you know just thrown out there like this is what happened i don't want to say it was bad It, it felt a little rushed to me and I think they could have told the same story if they had had a longer amount of issues and have it be a little more organic and just you know fit everything a little better.
0: Yeah, I won't I won't disagree with that at all. I um, again, when you're looking at it in terms of just how much occurred in that Joss Whedon story, not the entire story arc, but the story arc that pertains to these characters and what happened there. I felt that the pacing was far better in that than it is in this. And I think that this should have been given equal importance. The, the, this is a huge resolution for those characters. And is now going to be presenting a, um, a huge shift in the storylines, ongoing storylines for the X-Men now too. Seeing as these people are setting up shop in San Francisco. So that's big. I mean, that's going to be always there now. So I think that, yeah, they should have given it more time and more attention so that they could they
1: could really do it justice. Yeah, still, uh, if you haven't been enjoying Ancanny X-Men lately, and I can't overly blame you for that, uh, really check out what Gillen's doing here, because so far, every issue he's written, I've absolutely loved. And I I have to call out on this storyline, Terry and Rachel Dodson, I wish they could draw this title full-time, because this whole issue was gorgeous. And
0: it's funny, because we've seen them in other things, where we've said... They didn't spend enough time on some stuff and some of it didn't look as good. And then these, however, you really get the impression that they have been, they did spend quite a bit of time on it and gave it the attention it deserved because, yeah, the artwork throughout was fantastic. Really, really good.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately, Greg Land will be coming back to Uncanny X Men uh, next month. So, as, especially now that we've seen how good this comic can look, I'm really not happy about going back to how it looked before. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of that artist. But again, uh, Breaking Point, really, really good. Uh, Definitely check it out. Uh, At least when it comes out in trade paperback, I'm sure it'll be right around the corner.
0: Yeah, it it is worth reading. Again, the only thing that is... Slightly cliched ending, but again, it's one of those. It's comic book; you gotta expect that. Although I'm showing it on the screen here, the shot of Kitty going partway through the floor, saying, "You should read the note." <laughs> <laughs> Love that. That was just yeah. awesome. That's at the end. <laughs> again, that, it's a character that, um, if you've been reading the X Men for for any length of period, which I mean, again, I was reading those over 25 years ago, so i I've, I've been around those characters for a lot even I'm, I'm, I didn't read for 25 years there but for many years before and then now the characters are so well defined that when put in the hands of a competent writer they each have those little quirks that when they pull off something like this you could say yeah I could see that character doing something like that and it fits <laughs> yeah. and it's that little bit of brevity at the end leading up to what is going to be you know quite a serious moment so no definitely worth it
1: yeah. So uh, moving on, just to touch briefly on what else we've been reading lately. Of course, I'm still going on the Flashpoint kick. How uh, can you last, not? Yeah. Last week we had the uh, the Wonder Woman, uh, Legion of Doom, Dead Man and the Flying Graysons, and the Grodd of War. Um, I will say out of the entire Flashpoint, Grodd of War is the only comic I felt that was truly bad out of the entire line. I didn't enjoy Secret 7, but that was more just because I wasn't into it. I just thought Grodd of War was just... Had. but aside from that i loved the other three even the legion of doom starring Heatwave, which was like okay whatever i i really enjoyed you know that whole issue with him being thrown into the prison dead man and the flying graysons i just loved absolutely every bit of that i thought that was really cool and i even really liked the wonder woman one i like how they're telling the backstory of you know how everything got to where it is in flashpoint between this and the emperor aquaman and how the two miniseries are kind of playing off each other i'm really enjoying the story structure here and I just kind of have to wonder because I, I as I'm doing my research and whatnot, I read reviews for the comics. And honestly, an awful lot of people out there aren't liking not just these comics, but pretty much anything in Flashpoint, which I, I just like what we were really? talking about with. Yeah. Just like we were talking about with Five Ronin, how it was getting pretty much bad reviews everywhere. I'm not seeing it because three out of the four issues we got last week, I really enjoyed
0: I've been loving it. And I mean, I actually didn't mind Groud of War. It it wasn't phenomenal by any stretch of the imagination. It's not a character that I'm particularly fond of. But I didn't mind it. I, I even enjoyed it. I didn't, you know, it wasn't one that I would tell people, yeah, definitely go out and buy it. But I... I actually enjoyed it. And part of that is no doubt also because I've been enjoying Flashpoint so much. So I'm enjoying all of the things that I'm reading, except again, that's Secret Seven is just to me, the glaring omission there of of, of, of stuff that I like. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've been loving it. I can't imagine people saying they're not enjoying this.
1: Yeah, because... And just people just don't get it. And, you know, you especially in comics, you carry a lot of preconceptions into these things, which for me, I came in with this huge baggage of it's another DC event. I'm probably going to hate it. So, you know, I was able to shed my preconceptions and just really enjoy the story for what it is. A lot of people are like, oh, they're rebooting in September. So none of this really matters. Of of course, this matters. If If anything, this does. Yeah, if it tells a great story, it always matters. Who cares if it's going to have a lasting impact? If you picked up the issue, you read it, you enjoyed it, that freaking matters.
0: Yeah, but to me, it's even more than that. What is going on in the regular series right now doesn't matter nearly as much. Is it worth reading? Yeah, if you enjoy the stories like you said, yeah, it definitely is. But it doesn't matter. What's happening in the Flashpoint, however, matters because that is what is leading up to the reboot that's the story basically i'm looking at the flashpoint stuff as being the start of the new dc so that all matters i mean what's again what's going on in other series right now might not matter nearly as
1: much Yeah. And, you know, again, with all these creative teams that are writing these Flashpoint titles, they're the ones that are going to be writing the relaunch titles. And they're gaining a fan in me at the very least, because, again, I'm not a DC fan. It's just just the way I am. I grew up reading Marvel. I continue to read Marvel. And any time I've really ventured into DC more often than not, I've been disappointed. So I'm just really happy that Flashpoint has been, in my eyes, overall phenomenal.
0: Yeah, no, I've been loving it. I've been reading that as well. Um, I don't know, you done? Is that everything you're... Yeah, that, that's it for me. What you got? I actually, I've, I'm still working on my tie-ins for the Civil War. So that's not worth talking about because it's old news now. Um, I'm about, th- I'm just past three quarters of the way through now. So I'm on the home stretch. And <laughs> again, I'm hating Stark. Absolutely. If nothing else, <laughs> this series is making me hate Stark with a pat. It's not like I liked him that much, but now, oh, dear Lord, absolutely detest the bastard. He's just a pain in the ass. Hate him. Hate him. Um, so I've been working on that. I've been getting caught up on some other X-Men stuff as well. Um, I'm also reading the um, the Flashpoint, of course, going through everything. I read the, the Moon Knight 2 that just recently came out, uh, which is... Interesting, leave it at that. I guess, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where the story's going, but based on it, I don't know how much longer it's gonna keep me unless it gets quite a bit better. And, um, and then I was actually just reading yesterday the second in the Batman Arkham City miniseries, Mm -hmm. which I'm actually, you know, what I'm liking it, and it might very well just be because I loved. Arkham Asylum, the game, I'm very much looking forward to Arkham City. And so I'm seeing this like I do the Mass Effect series and the Dragon Age series, where I, I really am seeing the tie between the two and not just seeing it as a
1: Batman comic. So I, I actually got the Joker in it. In, Joker's awesome in this mini series. He is, he's
0: fantastic, and I liked that he's not as sure of himself and what's going on around him in his, you know when he's thinking when he's worried that he's being brought into that room and what's going to happen that's you don't hear that from him often he's always so self-assured and that everything's going to be fine and here you're getting to read that he's actually worried what's going to be happening
1: there so no i actually really enjoyed it yeah so uh, that's that's what you got uh, for now yeah that'll be good enough Okay, so as usual, we're going to wrap up with our new releases. And this week from Marvel, we have Captain America 619, which is actually going to be the last issue of that series before its title changes and a brand new Captain America number one launches next month to coincide with the new movie. Uh, We have Incredible Hulk 631, Mighty Thor number three, New Mutants number 26, Secret Avengers number 14. As we were talking about, Ultimate Avengers versus New Ultimates number five, and of course, Ultimate Spider Man 160. We had Wolverine number 11, X Men Legacy 251, and then two collections a hardcover of The Age of X, and then the paperback version of X Men Second Coming. Moving on to DC, we, of course, have Flashpoint, uh, Kid Flash Lost, starring Bart Allen, Lois Lane and the Resistance, The Outsider, all issue ones of their miniseries, and then a one shot for the reverse Flash. And then just back to the core DC universe, we have uh, coming out of Brightest Day, The Search for Swamp Thing, number one, which I'm actually looking forward to reading, seeing uh, where they go with the whole Swamp Thing thing.
0: It's, it's funny because there's so much going on right now with the DC universe. And one of the things that I'm most curious about is what they're going to be doing with that because they spent so much time and effort on bringing him back and bringing this character back and setting it all up. And now with the reboot, I'm wondering where does that leave the character? Where We already know that a lot of what happened in Brightest Day, from what we've heard, is going to remain as canon for in the new universe as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what that means for Swamp Things. So I'm actually going to be definitely
1: picking that up. And especially since we already know that uh, Swamp Thing is getting his own solo title after the relaunch. It's going to be a lot like uh, back in the 80s with the Crisis on Infinite Earths, how it takes, you know, the various timelines and just merges them all together, picking and choosing the best parts of each to go forward with, which, hey, that, that's that's at least interesting. and can lead to some very, in, you know, entertaining stories. Yeah, and then and then just to wrap up, we have uh, Traveler number eight from Boom Studios. So looking like a very nice week this week. Lots of interesting stuff to read and Hope we uh, enjoy some good comics. So that's going to wrap us up here. Issue thirty-two of the Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us at ComicBookInformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer and on iTunes. Love your reviews. Love your ratings. And we'll see everybody next week.
0: B- bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> I had a mouthful of ice.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing that I know,
0: you don't face your demons down. You got to grapple them, Jack, and pin them to the ground. I got to know my wheel.
1: So you've got your salty lips again?
0: Yes, I do. It's <laughs> a little cold, too, so <laughs>
1: it's a frozen one. <laughs> So, in other words, about halfway Mm. through the Spider-Man segment, I can expect an...
0: Ah! Ah! Brain (laughs) freeze! God damn! (laughs) 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 Oh, look at this. Look at this. There's a variant cover. A blank one. (sighs) Resisting the urge.
1: I don't know why you buy those. (laughs) I
0: only bought one. Okay. It's not like I bought those. I bought one. I, I don't know. One why does not
1: theory. constitute those. We buy a blank variant. <sighs> Just because I had to.
0: But look at this variant. Yeah. Oh. The
1: other one. Yeah. The Bagley Sweet. one. Hell yeah. Jesus. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm telling you, you're going to go into your comic shop one day. He's like, here's the new notebook paper variant cover. <laughs> <I> <laughs> With want- a hand-drawn sketch by Brian Bendis' six-year-old daughter. <laughs> it's old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Pages not exist. Kiss my ass. It's my freaking site. Don't it exists. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay. I assume that all that typey type that I was hearing was you actually doing your job. I, I was doing my job. Uh, right.
1: Just a different part of my job. <laughs>
0: I don't care what you say, I'm spoiling. There's gonna be
1: major spoilers. Yeah, I'm not holding we, back.
0: It's been read
1: You didn't read that? It wasn't in the show notes. It was in the show notes. It's been in the show notes since Saturday. Lies. It's four paragraphs. I think
0: it's three paragraphs. I can handle it. Five years in the making. Guess my ass. <laughs> like hell, you've been planning this for five years. No way. No way. Lying bastards.
1: Yes, they've been planning this for five years involving writers that haven't been writing the X-Men franchise that long. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you got to wonder what they take us for, really, because you're taking us for a special breed of idiot. Not your common everyday household breed of idiot. The special. The special kind that that have premium prices like
1: variant covers.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. We
1: are. Now that you're caught up with the show notes.
0: There's three paragraphs. <laughs> three paragraphs. It's not like I missed a video or something.
1: I, I won't be jumping around the show notes this time either.
0: Really? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> All right. I'm just going to have my drink.
1: Okay. Sucking Let's down your salty loudly. liquids. Loudy. Got it. Loudly. <laughs> You're just in a mood today Aren't you <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of pent up Anger I had to listen to your voice for like 14 hours straight this weekend and Dude man I actually <laughs> I was a chatty Cathy during that dude. <laughs> a bit yes <laughs> I'm watching the audio Tracks so and there will be huge stretches where that Top track is completely blank
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well maybe it was Joe too it wasn't just me but no, I did. I was listening to him too and I was going, holy crap. <laughs> shut up. Just shut up, Raj. <laughs> Stop talking now. <laughs> it's not like I blabbered on though. It was all pertinent. I oh, mean, yeah, I, yeah, I screwed yeah. up a couple of times, but it was just, I could have been perhaps a little bit more polite and let other people talk as well. <laughs> <laughs>